Hello and welcome to the Drink In and Geek Out Podcast. This is a show where we drink beer and talk about it. Alright, this is part two of the tournament. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. Uh, today, we are going to discuss more NCAA. Uh, we're going to have some dark and brown conferences. And then we'll also have the rankings of the X-Men movie franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we really should only talk about one or two movies. But I guess we have to talk about all of them. <laughs> Even the bad ones need to be mentioned. To be yeah. fair. But before we get on to the conference play, we're going to talk a little bit about March Madness history. A little bit more about March Madness here. The tournament has been at least partially televised since 1969. The games are broadcast by the trade name NCAA March Madness. Since 2011, all games are available for viewing nationwide and internationally, such as in the Philippines and Canada. As television coverage has grown, so too has the tournament's popularity. Currently, millions of Americans fill out a bracket, attempting to correctly predict the outcome of all 67 games of the tournament. The NCAA tournament has expanded a number of times throughout its history. This is a breakdown of the history of the tournament formats. Here you go. In 1939, there were only eight teams in the tournament. Then in 1951, there were 16. 1953 varied between 22 and 25 teams, so I'm not sure how that works, how they varied that. But then in 1975, they expanded to 32 teams. 1979, 40 teams. 1980, 48 teams. 1983, 52 teams. Four play-in games before the tournament. 1984, 53 teams, same deal. 1985, there were 64 teams. 2001, 65 teams, one play-in game to determine whether the 64th or 65th team plays in the first round. Uh, And then finally in 2011, there are 68 teams now. Four play-in games before all remaining teams compete in the first round. And then in 2020, there's going to be like 200 teams playing or something. Yeah. Lord. <laughs> Keep expanding. Money, 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 money. Yeah. Money, Two, money, 2035, money. every division yeah. one team gets in. Automatically. <laughs> it's like a four-month process. Yeah. Basketball games. <laughs> That's crazy. No wonder IU had so many wins. They mm-hmm. didn't have a whole lot of teams to go through back in the day. I guess Purdue had the same chances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been along just as long. I know it's highly watched, especially now with the internet and people can stream you can watch it every all game. the time. Yeah. I know kids do in school with their electronic devices, but then again, so are teachers. Mm. People at work. They're like at least one checking of them, the scores. They have the like a boss button. You walk in, you <laughs> click on it, and be like, look, here's my spreadsheet with my but daily stats things. I have a teacher friend who, uh, on his projector, just streams the oh NCAA games instead of whatever power stupid PowerPoint he has. <laughs> just to have it up all yeah. the time. When it's a work t- time for the students, volume off. When it's free period, volume up. Back up. <laughs> Allows anyone to come into his room nice. whenever. That's awesome. It was a big deal when they went to like uh, they showed the games on like CBS, TBS. True TV, like yeah, fuck True TV. So many random stations. So many random channels. Like it's all owned by the oh. TBS. Well, TBS owns them all. Time, time, time Warner. Nobody really knows where True TV is until March Madness, <laughs> and once that's over, they forget what channel it's <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I have this channel. So let's get some dark beers in our bellies. Mm, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> all right. First up, we have Harpoon Dark. 
from Harpoon Brewery in Boston, Massachusetts. Harpoon was started in 1986, so was I, by Dan Canary, Rich Doyle, and George Leggetti, three friends who loved beer and loved drinking together, but found their beer choices were limited. Traveling through Europe and experiencing rich traditions of European brewing opened their eyes to the rich beer culture they wanted back home. They decided to build a brewery so they could brew the beers they wanted and invite their friends to enjoy the experience with them. Of course. Yeah. There was the first brewery to commercially brew and bottle beer in Boston in more than a quarter of a century. Hmm. In June of 87, their dream started to materialize with the transformation of a warehouse space in the Boston waterfront into a brewery, and the first Harpoon Ale was brewed. Many things have changed since the early days of Harpoon, like opening a second brewery in Windsor, Vermont, but much has stayed the same. Their passion, their talent, and their appreciation providing others the best beer drinking. The best in beer drinking. Mm. In August of 2014, Harpoon became the employee-owned company. It boasts a long list of current sustainable practices designed to protect the environment. So we have Harpoon Dark, first brewed in 1998. It's a Dunkel style. It is usually available only on tap, but was specially bottled for you by Harpoon Brewery as part of our Beer of the Month Club. What's Perpetual Harpooner favorite, its deep mahogany color, is a preview to the warm malty nose with subtle hop aroma. Medium bodied with chocolate malt flavors, it finishes with a moderate bitterness. Blend of specialty malts gives this beer a velvety mouthfeel with roasted notes and a hint of chocolate. Harpoon Dark is hard to describe, but easy to drink. All right. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got 5.5 ABV and 35 IBUs. Doesn't say on the bottle, so I can't correct you. <laughs> <laughs> Untap's got the same thing for ABV and IBUs. The bottle's pretty sick with those banners with the text in yeah. it and the love beer, love life. Yeah, the the harpoons. Yeah, and part of their logo. Bad. Do all of their beers have the same? Yes. Harpoons around the outside. Mm-hmm. It's very familiar. I have a couple of the bottles. Well, at least I they didn't call themselves the Boston Brewing Company. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds familiar. <laughs> I'm sure it's taken. <laughs> Probably Sam Adams. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. This is a dunkel. I'm excited. It's a very dark brown colored beer. And it's a it's a lager, so the head is basically like bubbles and disappears. Dunkel. Dunkel. Dark and dark. There's a little red to it if you hold up to the light. Yes. Yep. We're in front of my red bowl. <laughs> Double red. <laughs> And the smeller, it's kind of weak on the smell. Mm-hmm. Did you jostle it enough? Oh, I don't know if I jostled it enough, <laughs> but I jostled it. It's more chocolate. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's a slight chocolate, it's a chocolate. chocolate nose, I think. There's chocolate, a little bit of coffee. Like a malty type of aroma. Malty. Yeah, that's... More chocolate than coffee, I think. Yeah. 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 It smells good. But it lacks in the, the chocolate flavoring. Yeah. Just a hint. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It goes a little flat on that. Yeah, it's not what I was expecting. Yeah. It tastes like, it definitely tastes a little bit more coffee like. Yeah, then, then it's the smell that leads on. Yeah. Like trying to be a dessert beer or something. Mm hmm. It's like uh, tasting like an old cup of coffee. Like I feel like. <laughs> it's sitting out all day. Like, like an old, cold. Like a cold cup of coffee. <laughs> Through the microwave to give it some warmth. <laughs> I wonder what it would taste like in the microwave. <laughs> Like, you could try. <laughs> yeah, that chocolate is, like, absent. 
Man, like you get an upfront like chocolate yeah. push, like a tootsie mm-hmm. roll or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, like exactly. tootsie roll. Yeah. yeah, and it just kind of falls off. Yep, it doesn't have that like strong body to like, hold it through mm-hmm. to the finish. I mean, I I kind of recognize the the taste. It kind, I mean, this is going to sound terrible, and I'm sorry, Harpoon, if you do listen to this, <laughs> but it kind of smells like someone's breath after drinking some coffee. <laughs> coffee breath. Tastes yeah. like coffee breath. Mm-hmm. Rename your beer. <clears throat> coffee breath. <laughs> coffee breath. <laughs> Harpoon's coffee breath. <laughs> this would be accurate. Yeah. Oh, apparently they have a barrel-aged version, too. <laughs> Barrel-aged coffee breath. So a so like a fifty-year-old who uh, chain smokes and then drinks this beer. Oh, beer advocates, very generous. Uh, they have an eighty-five, very good BA score, and a ninety-one, the Bro score, three point seven nine, average. It's a sixty-six overall, but a ninety-five style. So yeah, it's kind of overrated there too. I feel like. You know, I wonder when they said that it's specially bottled That's just for thinking. this, that there's a reason why it's only available on draft. It doesn't kind of transfer well in bottles. You've got to have it fresh out of the keg. Mm-hmm. Won't rate too harshly on that then. No. Untapped, give it a 3.57 out of 9,700 ratings. It's not bad. None of my friends have had it. Just now. <laughs> All of my friends have had it. <laughs> I'm your friend. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. You all had it now, so oh, now so all of my friends have it. So it won't be too harsh. I think, yeah, out of um, like, on the tap, it'd probably gotta, be better. I this has got to be a little bit better. Beer fridge inventory. Someone got it. Okay, I checked in. I'm all in. I'm good to go. You checked in. All right, three point seven five. Um, I like dark, <laughs> so. It already has a plus one for me, for the dark. Um, I like coffee, so and chocolate, but the chocolate wasn't there. Um, eight times out of ten, I'd probably drink this again, especially if we go somewhere that has it on tap. I definitely would love to try well, it. I would it on love tap. to try it. On Absolutely. Tap. Yep. So, like I said, I wasn't gonna. Like we all said, we're not gonna penalize it for this bottle, even though it kind of doesn't live up to expectations being bottled, and the labels. All right. So three, seven. Hmm. I gave it a 2.75 I'm going to bump it up to 3 just because I feel like we got kind of screwed because it's a bottle so I just changed that but yeah it, it's not really my style anyways and it just kind of leaves you with nothing there's not a whole lot there at the end of the day mm-hmm. just kind of average there's a heavy chocolate smell but you don't really taste it so mm-hmm. I'm not sure but it's it's alright mm-hmm. I went 3.5 just like what Saf was saying it smells like chocolate but it doesn't stay mm-hmm. with you and you just get that lingering coffee that kind of sits with you which I like I like coffee beers I like dark beers so that's my mm-hmm. three and a half rating. I, like I, would, I would drink it again um, I don't know if I would seek it out but if it was there definitely I would choose this over yeah. An IPA or anything else along those lines. Um, I was gonna give it a 2.5, just as is out of the bottle. I bumped it up a little bit because it's got to be better on tap. I think it it lost some of the carbonation. Yeah. Um, and it's a little older bottle, too. And it's a little older bottle, 
and it just doesn't hold up the the malts and the mm-hmm. um, the flavors in here. It just falls flat. The chocolate was almost unnoticeable. I could smell it big time through the nose, but it it was it was not bad. I really would like to try it on tap. I'd probably get rated a little bit more fairly. Yeah. So where'd you fall? Um, I fell at three. Three. Okay. Check. Good. Uh, all right. So let's uh, bring out the uh, contender. Uh-uh. Dark penance. All right. For our second beer this episode, we have the dark penance from Founders Brewing. It is a heavy malt foundation. Includes crystal malt for sweetness and just enough midnight weed malt. <laughs> I thought you said crystal <laughs> meth. <laughs> crystal meth. That's what I heard him. Wait, what? Crystal malt. I don't know what those are, but it could be used in crystal meth. Shiny, shiny malts. <laughs> Crystal malt for sweetness and just enough midnight wheat malt to push the color to black. The bitterness is huge, but balanced by malt sweetness and alcohol burn. The hop flavors and aromas range from citrus to floral to pine, thanks to a delicious blend of hand-selected Chinook Chinook and Centennial hops. It is a strong smell, that's for sure. It's an awesome bottle, though. It is a very cool bottle. Aging old lady. <laughs> Jesus. It's almost like one of those like optical illusion pictures. Like, what else is there? <laughs> like if you like flip it upside yeah. down. Yeah. And really it's like a beautiful girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really someone's testicles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it looks like there's a vulture holding a wand in his foot. Just, you know, crazy, crazy things. I mean, other than like a design, there's a hop, there's a vulture holding, has a crown on it, holding a wand. No, I never noticed oh, all that stuff. Yep, I see that. Has an old lady or an old saggy bag of <laughs> testicles, not really sure. <laughs> but she looks creepy. She does. Oh my gosh, it's an imperial. Can't wait. But you said, what was the uh, ABV IBUs? Um, 8.9% ABV and 100 100s. IBUs. Pale's gonna shit himself. I know. It's gonna be a punch. It's gonna balls. knock me out of my chair. You're like, what the fuck? So this could rival the old solo bicycle. That hundred oh. IBU. Mm-hmm. It's our first or second hundred IBU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. smell the IBU. Just I just from I'm here. I'm disappointed that most of the Imperials that I've had have been around ten percent. This is only eight. I know a big difference. It's eight point nine. It's almost ten. Yeah, it's almost there. It's almost there. But the the dark, the darkness of the label, the dark blue, uh, and the name it just spells out this is gonna be an awesome beer. But it is two years old. True oh. story. <laughs> Ooh, it's like blood red. If you hold it to the light. Mm, very mm, nice. Yeah. Holy crap! I'm afraid. I'm drinking blood. Old, old lady blood. Old lady blood. Oh, interesting smell. Mm-hmm. When I first smelled it, I thought it smelled like toast. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm still like. It smells like a burnt candle. Yeah, like oh, burnt right. toast. <laughs> it could be that candle. It could be yeah. Smell a little like chocolatey flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not mad about it. It's not bad. Definitely malty. Take our sips. Oh wow. <laughs> that taste. Wow. 
There's a punch for you. Yeah. Oh, lady punch. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. I don't taste any citrus, but I do taste the floral. Yep. There's heavy floral out Yes, oh, definitely. But there's a sweetness that cuts down on the bitter, just like I read. Like, you don't the, taste all those... I, the crystal malt. Crystal malt. <laughs> crystal meth malts. Uh, jet black with frothy cream head. That aftertaste, though. Well, that's those IBUs. Yeah. Milk chocolate, citrus flavor. I don't know what taste flavor. Coffee accent. Oh, I know Milk. the aftertaste. It's just like drinking black coffee. Yeah. I don't do that. Uh, <laughs> don't drink black coffee, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just not seeing how the citrus like cutting through the oh, no. at all. I could be the four hundred year old bottle we have. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... funny, I'm looking at this t- thing, it's like bottled in nine fourteen fifteen, drink it eleven one fifteen, woohoo. Bottled about the same damn time, drink it two years later. Yeah. Like this comment from it tricked uh, me at the Belmonts. Edric E says, This will put hair on your balls. <laughs> <laughs> I've had stronger beers, but if you're old enough to drink, you should already have hair there. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely very piney. It's definitely different. I don't think I've ever had a black IPA before. Yeah, this is a new one for me too. I've not had a black IPA. You can definitely taste the, the hops. I've had a black IPA before, but nothing like as strong as this. Yeah, it's imperial. imperial. Yeah. Like, oh, punch right in the throat. That's fine. Let me punch you right in the dick, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like a punch <laughs> and a kick or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I just can't stop drinking it, though. It's because that aftertaste. You want to cover it up with the yeah. more. Because the, the upfront taste is pretty damn good, actually. Yeah. But the aftertaste kind of. Mm-hmm. It's like eating flaming hot Cheetos. Like you love yeah. the flavor, but the aftertaste is like too hot. I gotta eat more. <laughs> gotta eat more. If I if I'm eating if I'm eating, I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy here is drinking his nine pun- nine months past date. He said the bitterness subsided. Very roasty. Yeah, it is roasty. We're not the only ones drinking it old. Maybe they only do it so many every so many years. <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. meant to be like this. I mean, I don't know. It, I don't know have either. To continue to ferment or sit in the bottle for a while. It's strong, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Can you guys taste the hops at all? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pine flavored. Yes. Yeah. Hop right at the end. If you let it sit in your tongue a little bit, you you definitely can taste it. The malts are just like bogging me down. All these are out of production. Like all these links. <laughs> Imagine that. Can I, uh, can I just mark the Dark Pen in 2015? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be more accurate. Well, on Rate Beer, the overall is 97 and the style is 96. So people are enjoying it. Yeah, we have a 90 outstanding BA score. There's no pro score. It has an average of 4.04. I give it a 2.5. It's not my style. Apparently, I don't like darker beers to begin with, and this one just has a really bad aftertaste that I can't get over. So I had to knock it down. The upfront taste is good, so if I could just keep it that way, it would be a really nice score. But with that aftertaste, I just don't want to drink any more of it. So two and a half for that. Mm. I gave it a three and a half. Uh, dark is my style. Imperials are my thing. But this one was just that aftertaste. It was like a huge punch. 
-hmm. Like I had it sitting at a four, like in the back of my mind as I was drinking it. Yeah. But then, like when I stopped now that you're drinking it, here it's like, it's, yeah, not good. Yeah. It feels like you're you just ate like a jar of peanut butter and like it's just stuck <laughs> in your mouth right now, and you're trying to get rid of it. Or you got a pill stuck in your throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you can just um, feel the peel, pill dissolving and taste the, it. The the upfront taste of this was it's better so than the harpoon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the back end fall drop off of the harpoon does not match the terrible aftertaste that this has. Yeah, I'd rather have no aftertaste, no taste at all afterwards than yeah. bad aftertaste. Right. I give it a three. I wasn't sure if it was just the age of it the bottle, but like the the smell, I was fine with the smell. I was fine with the the taste, the, mm -hmm. the beginning. It's just like the middle and the finish was just so like unbalanced and just bogged me down with mm -hmm. those malts. And I, this is not something I would drink. You know, on a regular basis. I also gave it a three. It is my style, but man, aftertaste, just yeah. that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would enjoy drinking this, but I would be afraid to put it down. I just have to keep drinking, yeah. and keep drinking, it, and then eat a whole bag of pretzels to get rid of the taste. After one or two, you're drunk because it's got yeah, it's, high it's alcohol, very right? potent. Yeah. yeah, it's strong. All right. Well, that concludes the dark round. And Dark Penance averaged a 3, and a Harpoon Dark averaged a 3.3. So harpoon Ooh. Dark pulled it off. <laughs> nice. So they are moving along. Alright, so now that we concluded the Dark Conference, uh, we are going to our nerdy side. Uh, just like the last episode, we're going to separate the conference uh, play with a little X-Men talk. Yay! Uh, so, we are going to talk about the order of the movies. Every single one of us has made a list of how we would rank them uh, for our favorites. Uh, but we're going to go in the order of their release. Uh, and yes. give, uh, I don't know, a little bit of... Our thoughts and our scores. Yeah, our scores. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so... Well, number one's X-Men. Number <laughs> X1 or X1.5, <laughs> same movie, uh, a little uh, a little something to it. So so we have ten movies. Yep. Right, can you explain? Okay, sorry. Yeah, um, maybe I should. Yeah, because down here it says we're going to determine the official drinking geek out rankings. Uh, and if we just come up with numbers, the, the average viewer is not going to know what's going on. So we all listed our... Did we do favorite to least favorite? That's what I did. Well, I did, yeah. My yeah. favorite to my least favorite. Okay. And now we're going to go through and say our favorite got 10 points because there's 10 movies because it includes all of the X-Men movies, all of the Wolverine movies, and the one solo Deadpool movie. And basically, we'll start with X-Men and say our little thoughts about it and where it fell on our list and... Whatever one has the highest amount of points will be number one, and then so on through the list. Okay. Let me uh, update the spreadsheet. <laughs> or it could be lowest if you say you're number one. If they're all our number ones, it'll be on the bottom because it only has four points. Mm -hmm. Whatever's either easier. So Maybe we could just start at like the, the release date. This movie. Yep. And just keep it going. Go. Mm -hmm. Alright, get started so we can 
You ready to go? So, X-Men. Yeah. The first X-Men. So, I had this one ranked about seventh. Right, right, number seven on my list. It's six on my list. Seven on mine. Wow, I screwed this one up. Ooh. This is number two for me. Really? Because it was original. That's yeah, I started. That's why yeah. I ranked it. Plus, I never really watched it like you guys all had time to. Yeah, I watched movies. it the other. Like, so last time I saw it was two thousand one. It, when it, came it doesn't out. hold up as well as you would hope. Yeah, I think with the first one is, it was just kind of like a, like a light introduction mm-hmm. to the X Men universe. Like the story wasn't real deep. Uh, the characters didn't have like a lot of depth. It was, it was just kind of like a nice like, here's the X Men. This is who they are. This they're is, already kind of a thing. They're, yeah. They're already kind of together, and now it's basically Wolverine's story of how he became an X Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I put it high. <laughs> <laughs> but I think First Class did a, was a better intro into the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Definitely. The, that'll be ahead of X Men. Any thoughts from you, Dustin? You were pretty silent. Uh, yeah, I'm still <laughs> working on these things. I listen. Star Wars fan here. Darth Maul is probably one of my favorite Dark Lords. So having Ray Parker in X Men was pretty cool. Toad. Yeah, Toad. Toad. He did his little flipping of the the bar when he pulled it out from the elevator. Mm, oh yeah. Uh, that's so cool. that that's up there. That's that's why it's seven and not ten for me. Yeah. Um, it was cheesy, but it is like cheesy like it's supposed to be. Um, it's the better of the. One, two, and three, in my opinion. Um, but I'm just a, I'm a really, really, really huge fan of Michael Fassbender. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so those movies automatically jumped up ahead. I like Ian McKellen's portrayal too, but yeah, Michael Fassbender is really good too. So yeah, and James McAvoy, I really liked him as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, just like that whole cast, I think was really good together. So those are going to automatically be higher on my list of the new ones. Of the, the new, new ones, ones. yeah. And I think they're just more well thought out than these original ones were. They didn't... Superhero movies weren't really a thing back when the original X-Men came out, so they weren't really thinking ahead. But yeah, now... through superheroes. <laughs> this is what they're known for. Take this. They're like, oh, here's this, the movie. This. And now... It's like, you versus you, and this is... Yeah, it's like... I still remember seeing it for the first time. I'm like, so yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. So, that's yeah. how I ranked mine. That's why mine. That's fine. You... All jumbled. But <laughs> yep. then again, yeah. You guys... Know more about it than I <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it like two days ago. So yes, yeah, so I'm very fresh on. Uh, Mine's been a year, so I watched all the Wolverines this weekend, though. Mm. I can't do that. I don't watch movies. X Men Origins Wolverine was enough for me. All right, let's move on to X Two or X Men United. I think it was a couple of those things. Yeah, uh, X Eight. See, I put this at number five because I like it a little bit more than the first one. I put it at six. I had it just one spot higher than the yeah. first X Men. I had the same category as the original X Men. I had it at three. <laughs> just improved right upon the first. Improved upon the first. I do remember the last time I watched it. It was in college, and with my roommate, we were supposed to be studying for our um, sociology or whatever class we had at eight a.m. It was our final exam. And it was like, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. And he goes, hey, have you seen X-Men? I said, oh, no, no, I haven't seen it in a while. We watched 
the first, first one, first two back to back, and next thing we know, it was seven o'clock. The final <laughs> wasn't an hour. We're like, well, shit, we better study. Something. So, uh, I remember more about X Men than whatever was on, was on that test. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, you probably don't even know what class it was for, but you remember yeah. everything about X Men. I I like this one um, for the fact that um, what was his name, the Johnny guy, the Torch. Pyro? Pyro, Pyro, yeah, he was. He was good in that. He he was really good in that one. Um, he was he, such a dick. He's not like Firestorm where he can start the fire, but he's able yeah, to he manipulate it. And you know, like seeing him and Bobby together, I was like, I know they're not supposed to be teammates. Like I was waiting for that. Yeah, and then they you kind of feel the fallout at the yeah. end. Yeah, he was a dick to the Ice Man. <laughs> he was a dick to pretty much everyone. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. And I really like Nightcrawler in that movie. That's, oh yeah. That's why I put it up. A little bit above, because he just had such. It was such a great character and a great add to the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I put it above the first one because I just thought it was just they just built on the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, like the story was like more deep and you get a little more, more about Wolverine. You do get to find out Alkali Lake. Alkali Lake, exactly. Yep. Which has been in most of the movies. I feel like you learn a little bit more about like Jean Grey and her. Powers, Especially uh, at the Phoenix end, abilities. at the end when she the the lake collapses on her and, and you, you see, see the, the Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. I never I didn't notice that until I rewatched it. Last stand, right. last stand. Right. Number eight for me. Uh, I put it at number nine. Number nine. I just I don't know. It wasn't awful. It just I don't know. It just kind of didn't have like the. Story, yeah. Right, like Ratner doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, it was just kind of lacked a good story. And they assumed it was going to be the last X Men, so they just started killing everybody off in that movie. Yeah, and it's the last stand. Yeah, yeah. Five it at ten. Ten for me. Ten. I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> I mean, I like the ending. Like if it ended, ended. ended I yeah. mean, it was a cool final battle scene and how everything was wrapped up. But I don't remember anything else in that. The movie. story doesn't make any goddamn sense. Right. I just remember <laughs> the end. The last stand. That's all I remember. Yeah, on the bridge. On the I, bridge. Um, yeah, that was that. I like the fact, like in the beginning, they they found the serum to fix the mutant joint, like Gene. That was like a good story, but then they didn't finish it. it with Phoenix, which could have been a, a, a good story on its own without mm-hmm. that. And then they kind of just shit that out and ruined that, mm-hmm. which was a huge thing in the comics. Right. And they had a. a Introduction of Angel, but it didn't really. He didn't do anything in that movie. Yeah, I know. He saved his dad. That's all he did. That's all he did was save his dad. They made such a big deal about him being in that movie before it came out, and then he's in two scenes. One he jumps out of a window, the other one he saves his dad. So which I don't understand why he saved his dad. His dad was a dick. His dad created the cure. (laughs) He tried to cure him. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll just forget about everything that you ever did to me before. Still his father. Yeah, I know. That's what I think. But he could have been helping fight like this whole time. But no, he could have been, I'll swoop in, save this one guy, and then I'm out of here. He's like watching TV or something, and he's like, "Oh, my dad's about to die." My, my dad senses. My dad senses. <laughs> now I'm not up to date on the comics and everything, but what was the kid that would cure that they can't use their powers around him? What I don't remember his, his name. name. Is he oh, in it? He's all? in it. He's it the just... bald kid. Yeah, he's he's a big part of the well. Like the cure in the movie, but I don't remember. But what I don't. Was. Yeah, I mean, does he play mm-hmm. an integral part in any of the multiple universes or anything? Um, no, no, no. It's just somebody it's they created. A character they the made movie. up for the movie. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> I it, they, it could be, and they could have added him after. 
because they did create yeah. a couple more mutants and or X Men in like two thousand six and two thousand seven. But as far as I know, and I could be wrong, uh, he was not an integral part in any of the X Men storylines. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a cure at one point mm-hmm. in the books, but it didn't have anything to do with the kid. Right, the cure, well, pretty much lined up closely with the uh, identification. Yeah, act. that's what I thought. Which they did the identification act in the first movie, mm-hmm. but also kind of... in the uh, Captain America Civil War, yeah. which they should have combined the. It would have been nice. That's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> we all cover that one. What's next? I don't have the origins. Oh yeah, X Men Origins Wolverine. That's dead last. That was my last <laughs> on my list. You guys suck. It's a dumb movie. It's terrible. <laughs> like they ruined Deadpool in that movie. They yeah, they did. Ruined. Almost ruined Deadpool completely. Exactly. It almost killed the whole thing. None of the characters really were caught my attention. They were, it was just um, a dumb movie. The, the Blob, the creation of Blob. I I th- yeah, that was kind of good. I haven't watched this movie since it came out because I didn't like it. But. Yeah. Uh, Will I Am's character. I don't remember him. Yeah. yeah. Um, like G- Gambit. I didn't mind him. Yeah, Gambit was good. Mm-hmm. It's Sabretooth. I mean, man. yeah, the Sabretooth. But really, like. Him running around like a lion that's dumb uh the the beginning like 25 minutes yeah. you know the introduction of what happened to him and it his starts out and pretty good basically the origin stories in the uh intro where they had like the scrolling text I love, uh, that's my favorite part that's of the <laughs> best part of it so it got a nine from me um so that's you know like it would have been below if Last Stand wasn't so fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gave it a nine as well. I think the Last Stand had the Beast in it too, which kind of, I liked it a little bit too. Yeah, His yeah, yeah. With yeah. Uh, Kelsey... Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey, Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, yeah. Frazier. Mm-hmm. Couldn't remember his name, but it's like, Kelsey Frazier. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kelsey Cheers. Kelsey <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> oh, at the end, you see uh, Xavier... Walk out of the helicopter. Walk out of the helicopter and like mm-hmm. recruit his X Men, even though he's paralyzed in 1962. Right. You also see <laughs> yeah. him in well in the in uh, Last Stand. You also see him walking up to Jean Grey's oh, house right. with Magneto. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's in 1980 something that yeah. happens. Get their timeline next. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Maybe he w- was using that mm-hmm. thing he used in Future Past, where he could walk but not use his powers. Yeah, and that's why he had someone with him, mm-hmm. uh, at least in X three. But he, he, I don't know. It seemed like he was using parlor tricks, but not his full powers. Mm-hmm. So who knows? He could swing that and say, "No, he's using that that serum he had." Yeah. Well, I think in Origins he actually like projects his voice into their heads while he's walking. So I don't know. How yeah, that... he, yeah, he does. <laughs> he does because he tells Scott which way to go. Yeah. Scott, he's blind with the. Uh, the cloth over his eyes, he can't yeah. use them. And uh, the diamond girl, what was her name? I forget, or whatever. Is like, oh, oh yeah, no, we're stuck. And he's like, left. What? You're blind. How do you know? Emma Frost? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's not Emma Frost. That's no, not Emma different Frost. Emma Frost. Or different diamond girl. Different yeah. diamond girl, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, she's diamond skin. Like, hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember if they used the name Emma Frost, but her sister Kayla was the one who's dating Wolverine, or married to Wolverine. Weird story. It almost ruined the X Men series for me. 
But the Wolverine was still pretty yeah. badass. First class. First class. It's number two on my list. It's number three on mine. Oh, number wow. four. Six. Mm, really? For me, yeah. What? Well, you guys probably have like this nostalgic, like, here's a, you know, like a reintroduction of these characters. Yeah. Well, and it was weird because they used a bunch of characters I'd never heard of, really, as mm-hmm. the first class. Yeah, Asriel was awesome. Yeah. In there. But fucking Kevin Bacon? Oh, yeah, that's the bad part. Yeah. That, yeah, that was... I will do that for the chocolate. <laughs> you do this for the chocolate. Shut up. Is there any connection between Azazel and uh, Nightcrawler? It's his dad. It's dad? Just, it's dead. It's okay. Azazel Mystique. and Mystique had a baby as Nightcrawler. Okay. I thought they were related. Because they have the same powers. Basically. Yeah, they basically have the same like powers. just different color. <laughs> He's like pink or red, red or something. Yeah. I mean, it's just like Ray's. Wolverine and Mystique's child. It's a, a blue, red-headed thing with claws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And cables. Cyclops or son? Yeah. Son? Mm-hmm. Oh. Even though he's older than him. Yeah, he, was, he time travels. Okay. Yeah, it's Jean Grey's and his... If my brother was here, he would go into the full Cyclops story. He knows everything there is. So. Um, yeah. Uh, I really like that movie, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I I thought like the uh, it was a good story. Like, Seeing the Eric production and the and Charles kind of come together and fall apart, I think mm-hmm. that was really awesome. Yeah, seeing them like uh, come you know come together, they're good friends, and they just had a falling out and he realizes him and how much he helps him. Yeah, Charles yeah. helps. Yeah, yeah, and then the really uh, they remain friends throughout the whole series when they're recruit where they're recruiting some X Men and they get to Logan. <laughs> He's like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I like when they're in the, you know, they're all like showing off their powers and stuff. Like I thought that scene was really, oh, yeah. really cool. They're all testing what they uh, can do. Uh, that was fun. They're all so young and they're like, <laughs> don't know what they're doing. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't know what their purpose is, but they're just like having fun and, and that was cool. And Charles really hasn't figured out how to guide these people yet. He hasn't yeah. Become Patrick Stewart yet? <laughs> right. <laughs> He's still kind of figuring things out. He was a pretty good teacher though in that. Mm-hmm. You know, probably like the second half of that movie. He's helping everybody out. All right. The Wolverine. That's number eight on mine. Number nine on my list. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I have it as eight. God, you're ruining my rankings. <laughs> I can't help it that you like these bad movies so much. I have it fifth. I I I love the Japanese storyline for. Mm-hmm. Wolverine, like his first wife, Itsu, with their son, mm. Dokken, and then this wife, uh, Mariko. Um, I like that too, but it wasn't portrayed well, I don't think. No, it wasn't portrayed well. <laughs> but the whole, like, the healing factor being subdued, him gaining his powers back, like, right at the last moment to save the bangy chick. Yeah. With the One of the stupid haircut who can't <laughs> fight worth a shit, who sees people's death. Um, that's why it's five for me, but God, X one through three fucking blue guys. <laughs> this movie was just as bad, <laughs> but it only had Wolverine, who was not my favorite character. I think you kind of understood the timeline a little bit better, like you do. Maybe we like bump it up a little bit, but I was just kind of dumb again. Yeah, it was, it was kind of dumb all over. The place. Yeah, it was, I, mean, the I just wasn't digging it. 
the Silver Samurai uh, storyline is good, but the way that they portrayed it is terrible. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the Black Clan portrayal. I liked the... There's the, some good scenes in the movie, but I don't, overall the, I didn't The Viper. Well, I literally just watched this movie yesterday, so... I haven't seen it again. It's been like six months. <laughs> yeah. I finally caught it on like one of the cable stations, recorded it, and watched it finally. The last four movies are the best ones, in my opinion, so... Uh, the next one here, Days of Future Past. I put this at three. It's number two it's on my list. Number one on my list. Days of Future Past is number one. I have it at five, although I feel like I should have that higher. <laughs> well, when, after the end of Wolverine, you know, the, the cutscene that you see... The post-credits or whatever? The post-credits. That... Well, it got me so hyped. It did. And I watched the trailer for the Days of Future Past like 300 <laughs> times. I loved seeing the old characters interact with the new characters. Mm -hmm. That Yeah, that really sold it for I me. heard a glimpse into the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that scene where Patrick Stewart talks to James McAvoy, mm -hmm. it just brings a little tear to my eye every time. <laughs> it's like, I need you to trust in me. Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty special moment. It's like, but I'm not the guy you are. Guy. Yes, you literally are the same guy. <laughs> literally the same person. <laughs> you are me. I, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you just have awesome hair. I know. That's <laughs> the only difference. You'll lose it in the next movie. Yeah. But shh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just super excited. The the love relation, the love triangle between uh, Rogue and Bobby and Kitty Pride would have been just awesome to see but they cut Anna Paquin out of the movie like three which is weeks. weird their explanation is because she used the cure and it would have been too confusing to have her in it yeah but Magneto. Magneto used the cure also and Charles died yeah but they're both in it no ex explanation to why they're in it uh, the they're cutscene in X3 had <laughs> well uh, it had him move Moira no he had like yeah. Moira McTaggart as a doctor who went to that comatose patient or the, the brain-dead patient and say, oh, hello, Charles. Why does the brain-dead patient look exactly like Patrick Stewart? I don't know. Because <laughs> he has a twin, I'm pretty sure. Charles Xavier does. I remember reading that somewhere about all that. I don't, know. I don't think his twin... But they referenced the, the, the comatose patient earlier in the movie where yeah. you can no. transfer your consciousness into a, a body without the mind or whatever he says. I don't remember oh. the yeah. exact words. But and they show a picture of the guy and it doesn't look anything like him. Oh, well, yeah. But then when he comes back, he looks exactly like him. So, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 definitely weird, but I'm just happy he's there. What the hell could a rogue done anyways? She took. I don't know. Like honestly, like what she what would she have done to the Sentinels? She took uh, Kitty Pride's powers because she got stabbed by Wolverine and she was dying. So she took her powers and then continued the sending Wolverine back to the past. Uh, I just watched the road cut last night. Oh, did you? <laughs> that makes sense. That, because remember, she's like freaking yeah. out. And then it also explains why all the Sentinels show up to find out their location because they went and got her out of... She was in Cerebro. And so they went and rescued her from there and the Sentinels followed them back. That's why there's that big fight scene with all the sentinels like climbing up the walls and stuff. Oh. That makes sense. 
It made a lot more. It makes a lot of sense. I haven't seen it. Yeah, is it on the DVD or the Blu-ray? There's a new Blu-ray. It's a separate one. You got to go out and buy. I'm pretty sure. That's why I was so mad because I bought Days of Future Past. I just watched it. I did too. Yeah, I bought it the day it came out. I did too, and then well, I just watched it on my computer. I like illegally watched it because I was like, I already bought the movie. I'm not buying it again just to watch this extra two scenes. I wonder if I can find it on YouTube. It was on. I just searched for streaming, and it came to a random site. Gotcha. Well. I'll check that out. I recommend that one. That's I think that's why I put it so high. On is it so. in the movie or is it just? Like, it's in. It's they recut the whole movie and put the scenes back in. Yeah, I'm gonna find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, our uh, enchilada loving pal, <laughs> our Deadpool. It's number four oh, on mine. Number four on mine. I think where our list has been the exact same. I, I, I know. It's, like, it's been like one spot. It's been weird. Did you open up your own list or did you open up Saf's? <laughs> I wrote this down. Yeah, his I, took, his paper. His paper. I took the list that he had on there and then I was like, okay, then I wrote them down on this side. And then and I just started from a 10 up and just started crossing them off. And I had it at two. Two? I had it at six because I didn't know where else to put it. It was very awkward. It, is, for me. It's a, it kind of doesn't fit in. It's more it was kind of hard. I just. I was like, I want to put it up there, but then it, I just felt like it was on a whole different plane, so I'm like, I'll just stick it in here. So Yeah. I liked it a lot. It's a hilarious movie. Ryan Reynolds is gorgeous. With that crater face of his. <laughs> it's just awesome. I just, he was so bound and determined to, like, get, give Deadpool, like, mm-hmm. a good uh, movie and fix the character. Yeah. Some of the jokes are a little it. childish in the movie, but mm-hmm. that's the character, so I can't really fault it for that. I don't know. I, I think it's awesome. It's also yeah. his favorite superhero, or X-Men, is Deadpool, so that's up there for me. Uh, Apocalypse. That's down at number seven. I had that number five. <sighs> seven for me. We'll watch that here. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You give it a four. I just... It didn't have the greatest story, don't mean. No, but the whole end Phoenix... The, yeah, that was good. Uh, Magneto turning to hell. The Quicksilver saving everybody that was in the awesome mansion. Too. Oh, oh my god, yeah. Quicksilver is one of my faves because of that. Uh, I could have used him actually talking to Magneto. I know. Because <laughs> he's, he's like half says it, but never yeah. completely says uh, I guess the only reason why he's a four for me and not anything higher is because uh, J Law is J Law, not Mystique. She didn't want to put the makeup on anymore. Yeah, I don't really blame her. I wouldn't want to go through four hours of that every morning. Right, but if you're gonna get paid to be fucking Mystique, you're gonna be Mystique. But you're already getting paid millions of dollars to be in other movies too, so. I know, but just <laughs> you gotta at least do it as good as Rebecca Romaine <laughs> did it. Yeah, do it. We're being a diva. Yep. Yeah. Do the character. We paid you to be Mystique, not J Law. (laughs) (laughs) And even like in the previous movie, she's saying, like she's come to terms, like this is who I am, but not anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. I was like, I don't. I had it like right in the middle there because one, I don't think like the story was the greatest. I don't think Apocalypse was a great. I don't think Apocalypse was that good. I thought he kind of sucked. I mean, I like his motivations didn't really make. A lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't like very like co- compelling or very like interesting or intimidating mm-hmm. at all. Like, it a lot better. Knocked out Nightcrawler, so he wasn't even in like the last half of the movie. 
Yeah. Uh, I was a fan. I mean, uh, a four fan, but as a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one on here is going to be Logan, and I'm going to make guesses as to who picked what for that. Uh, Keith picked it as a number one. Bingo. Saf has number one. Uh, yes, sir. Dustin has number one. He does. Pale has a three. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I pretended like I didn't see it again. <laughs> but again, it was like kind of hard to throw it in that list because it was just a different movie like and it was kind of like it was kind of on its own with like Deadpool it is kind of so more similar to Deadpool than the rest of these movies yeah because it's a more personal story not a huge world ending thing or mutant ending uh, story right it was like one character story versus like a story with like a bunch of the characters so that's why I think I favored you know the first class and Days of Future Past above them Mm mm-hmm I mean, we already kind of talked about our thoughts on it last episode, but I just feel like the action, with along with like the drama and the emotion of the movie, just meshed so well to make a a good film, not just a good superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. great story. And Dustin liked it too. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I raved all about it. I've tried to do the rankings right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like dialed in. I want to get your thoughts on there before we move on. Yeah, uh, I mean, I talked a bunch about it. I know. Uh, last episode, please check that out. We talked what, a good twenty-five minutes specifically oh, on just Wolverine uh, in their aspect. I, I loved it. It's the film that we needed. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the superhero quote unquote uh, movie that we needed. The gore, the blood, the Wolverine actually doing Wolverine mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and not you know being worried you know worried about anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, James Mangold did a wonderful job with that film. Curious to see what he does next. Right. All right, so we got official rankings. Okay, what do we got? Coming in at number 10. Origins. <laughs> no, that's pretty oh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, number 9, X3. Uh, number last 8. Stand. Yeah, The Last Stand. The Wolverine at number 8. Uh, number 7 would be Apocalypse. Number six is X2, The United, or United. Or X-Men United. I think. X-Men, X-Men United. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I, I, I said X1. X2. X-Men X2. United 90. Yeah. Number five would be X1, or just regular X-Men. Four is Deadpool. Three is First Class. Two is Days of Future Past. And number one is Logan. It's pretty good. Uh, That's my list. You just read. Is it really? Except for X two and X one are switched. Yeah. Well, I gave the uh, <laughs> I gave the ties because I had yeah just one tie. I gave the tie to the the first one on the list alphabetically type thing. Mm. So X one, X two. So five and six could be either or. So it was my list. Yeah, yeah my list is the official list. <laughs> I predicted it. A good job. Good job, good, good job, good job, everybody. Up, everybody. I was close. I had I had Logan and then uh, Deadpool, Days of Future Past, and it landed up with Logan, Days of Future Past. That's all right. I was, I was okay. Some of them were a little out of the left field, but um, that's what you get, you know. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. You guys don't like it as much as I do. Whatever. 
Hey, I'm happy about uh, Logan being yeah. overall. Yeah, I mean, because like those top three for me were just like, kind of so close. Right. So yeah, we'll post our official rankings on Instagram and Twitter, maybe the Facebook group. I think we have more followers on the Instagram <laughs> yeah. uh, than anything else. So uh, we'll release that and probably a little bit of uh, synopsis on why we got it. And I mean, that should be good. I think the synopsis will be like, wow, listen to the podcast. <laughs> Here's what we decided. These are the yeah. movies you should like. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. And with that being said, Brown Conference. Brack to beer. Brack to beer. Brack to beer. Brack to beer. Back. <laughs> I was trying to say brackets and back and beer all the same, but they all... Brack It became one word. Beer kits. <laughs> all right. First up for our Brown Conference, we have Mutton Buster Brown Ale from the Payette Brewing Company. Uh, this brewing company was founded by Mark, Mike Francis in 2010. They chose the name Payette because it fits the way that they live and work. Francois Payette was a French-Canadian trapper whose name and memory is enshrined among numerous Idaho landmarks. The name has since become synonymous with an adventurous spirit that pervades Idaho's year-round outdoor lifestyle. Take your word for it. They opened a new brew house in spring 2016, which runs a 60-barrel brewing system with the capacity to brew 100,000 barrels annually. In 2012, they made Idaho Brewing history when they introduced Pyatt Pale Ale and Mutton Buster as the first craft beer cans from the Gem State. You can find their beer in bars, restaurants, retail locations, including grocery and specialty stores throughout Idaho, Washington, Oregon, and Utah. So another of our beer of the month otherwise we would mm-hmm. not have access to this right so the mutton buster brown ale is a full flavored brown ale that's relatively tame but fun to ride out of the chute there's a rich roasted nutty sweetness of cocoa and malt on the nose with a mild kick of earthy hop bitterness that won't bust your chops <laughs> mutton buster is dark in color heavy on the malt flavors but sessionable for any time of the year it's got an ABV of 5.5, IBU of 25, and I have a list of some of the malts that they used. Oh, yes. Two-row, brown, chocolate, crystal again, crystal and malt. victory malt. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what uh, mutton busting is, it is basically the act of riding a, a lamb like yeah. a bucking bronco. Mm. As you can okay. see on the can, they have there, they a little bucking oh. mutton. So when they when he was talking about through the shoot, it's you know like, you know like a stall like in, you know Kentucky Derby or whatever type, busting their chops. Mm, that makes sense. We did have something earlier from these guys. Yeah. Uh, the pistolero. Pistolero. So it's very similar to that can, very old west looking. Yeah. Wood tan and brown. Looks like wood and grain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got that P. In a bullseye or something. Target, yeah. Target, yeah. So, P for pay it. I thought it had something to do with Pistolero. That's the last thought, time, yeah, but like now it's on this one, too. So, it just must be pay its symbol. Mm-hmm. Could be P for pale. Oh, but, maybe. You know. They're just giving you a little shout out. <laughs> <laughs> the fans. Yeah. Are you a fan of yours? <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys a fan? Yeah. Uh, brown. Definitely brown. It's a, it's a nice brown. American brown. Looks like a brown. Oh, if I, if yeah, I look, I can see it moving. There's so for everyone, for everyone with these football glasses, look underneath. <laughs> you have yourself a brown football. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I missed out. I do see the floaties. <laughs> but I, I like football. 
I do not see floaties. There's plenty of yeah, floaties. Yeah, I got in floaties mine. in mine. They kind of settle to the bottom. Uh, I can see them now. I, yeah, I can see them now. If I, you know, roll, rotate them. I see you, pale. I see yeah. you. <laughs> the head was about 19 inches up, up the glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of head. So it might be one of those oxidized ones or double mm-hmm. fermented or whatever because it's an older bottle. Yeah. Or, well, it's a can, so. That happened with the, our can for Mr. Brown, too, mm-hmm. didn't it? So maybe a known problem with Browns. Um, yeah, I mean, it smells all right. Um, it smells yeah. like brown, but there's not a whole lot there. I mean, even swirling it around. I just yeah, don't want to swirl it much. too much. Yeah. Because if I swirl it too much, I'm going to get more head. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you can only handle so much head. <laughs> Sometimes we just don't like head at all. <laughs> it's crisp. It's very, yeah, creamy, crisp flavor. Kind of like caramely. It oh, tastes yeah, caramel. caramel. Yep. Not a big fan of caramel. Oh no. <sighs> Pay it, you bitch. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. Caramel notes. Maybe a little bit of vanilla in there too. Mm-hmm. The two types of hops that they use are Magnum hops and Mount Hood. Mount Hood. No chocolate. No. They suggest that there's chocolate in here, but I taste more sweetness. vanilla than I do chocolate. Yeah, I'm chocolate hops or something. Nutty sweetness of cocoa. That's what they said. Hmm. Highly carbonated. I would agree with that. Like it foams up in my mouth when I'm trying to swallow yeah. it. <laughs> nutty. Anything? Nutty? Yeah. A little bit nutty. So, like a nutty brown. A little vanilla, nutty, caramely. Not a whole lot of chocolate. They take, they promise you chocolate. No, I don't. Really it's kind of like a just a slight, like a milky type cream, but not too milky. Milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. I think that crispness comes from the carbonation. Probably. Yeah. yeah, it's not too far off from how now brown cow that we just had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually look at that rating to see how I fared. It's very similar to that, and I think it's very similar to Mr. Brown too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we had a one with the head less of this head problem, it'd be closer to that score of the brown cow. Right. Yeah. While we do that, I'll say this. On a right beer, overall score is 57, and the style score is 68. The BA score, uh, 84, good. Bros do not have a score. Um... 3.68 average. And I checked it out. Somebody on Untapped said, getting a bit of cocoa and honey with this one. So Must have a fresh one. Yeah, yeah I didn't really trying. see either of those. Huh, I checked it in. I'm ready to go. Go. Um, I liked this one. It was very smooth. Um, there wasn't, you know, no aftertaste. Well, it was a little bit, but it was, it was a favorable after taste. At least, um, I gave it a four, like a super wow. decent. Good. The brown cow got a four from me. This one is really similar to that one. I feel like I would do a disservice to pay it if I, you know, just attacked yeah. it. Um, but I'm, I'm a fan. I'm not gonna lie, I like it. Four. I went three point two five. I like browns. I gave. Brown cow, uh, four, but this I don't know. There's just something about the taste. Whether it was the 
that crispness, just a little bit of the aftertaste too. It, maybe it's just a little bit nuttier than brown cow was, but Nutty brown. something about the aftertaste is just not sitting well with me. But, I mean, I'll still drink it, don't get me wrong, because <laughs> I think we have several more of these to Come drink, more. but um, I don't know. This not as good as brown cow to me. Yeah, I didn't think it was as good as brown cow either. I gave it a three. Um, it's all right, but I think if we had a better can without all this carbonation, it'd probably get a higher score, but I can't really judge that without actually tasting that. So with the one we have in front of us, I think it's a solid three. I gave it a 3.5. It was good. I do think, like what Saf said, the can was seemed a little overly carbonated. It just kind of knocked down some of the, the malts. Um, it kind of covered some of the flavor, too. Kind of, Yeah. Maybe made it a little too crisp. And um, I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more like chocolate in there. Um, but, yeah, I would, I would drink it again. I do think I rated this lower than the uh, the brown, Mr. Brown or whatever. Yeah, well. brown cow. Brown cow. Or Mr. Brown. And Mr. Brown. <laughs> There's two different ones. Yeah. Lots of browns. Mm-hmm. We like them. We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a bad beer. Oh. I'm excited for the second seed. Mm-hmm. All right. This is the Decadent Dark Chocolate Ale from Atwater Brewery. They were founded in 1997, made its debut in Detroit, Michigan, in the historic Rivertown District. The original owner's reasoning and focus was to bring back the bohemian-style lager that Stroh's Brewing Company had made famous in the mid-1800s. Mark Reith purchased the brewery outright in 2005, and exponential growth soon followed. Dirty Blonde and Vanilla Java Porter quickly became frontrunners in the Michigan market, along with Hop Appeal, an American IPA, and the Bronze World Beer Cup winner, Decadent Chocolate Dark Chocolate. Atwater expanded distribution on the East Coast soon after and has had great success. Today, the brewery is thriving and expanding in the original Joseph Campo location, including a full-scale beer garden and tap house. They recently opened Atwater in the park, which is located eight miles from the brewery in a renovated church serving unique styles and great food, along with Atwater spirits and wine. Atwater in Grand Rapids opened its door in October 2016 and is located in the renovated Rowe Hotel downtown. So this Decadent Dark Chocolate Ale, its ABV is 5%, IBU 11, very low. Right. It says, holding true to the Northern English tradition, the Decadent Dark Chocolate Ale at its foundation has a nutty profile with a round mouthfeel. Added is a chocolate extract consisting of three blended chocolates of varied depth. That's an awesome bottle, too. It is an awesome bottle. Willy Wonka. The original bottle is not as No, the one on... The website is not so cool, but this one is amazing. Yeah, it has that I logo, the Atwater like logo in the middle of it. it. has a little bit of town, and then like the name of it, it says Atwater. But this label is just fantastic, like a like an abstract Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's even got the little chocolate, chocolate bar, bar in his pocket, mm-hmm. just so in case you didn't know who it was. He's got the golden ticket, maybe. <gasps> That's just so cool. Well, I love the artwork. Yeah, I love the style of it. I'm glad they got the facelift because I'm more willing to grab that. Yes. Being over this, you yeah. know, what I see on BA. And it's got all the little stats on the side there, too. Oh, nice. You know, the ABV and the IBUs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What does the beer look like? Dark. Dark? Very dark. 
not clear at all. I can't even see the light. No. I can't see the light, but uh, it lights it up, you know, a little mm-hmm. brown. Very oh, chocolatey. Oh, <laughs> chocolate. It smells like the chocolate factory. I'd say there's a different description that they have here on Untapped. It would be like Augustus Gluten, just dive right into it. <laughs> so much chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like uh, like chocolate covered popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get a popcorn? Pop- <laughs> okay, no, remove the popcorn part. Just oh, just chocolate? Anything chocolate covered. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I see that. You're take your sips. It won't be a sip for me. It'll be chugs. Oof. Delicious. Mm. It's very good. That is, that's damn good. It's like chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. That's smooth too. Like chocolate milk. Like chocolate milk. Yeah. <laughs> is this made with cow's blood too? <laughs> Move aside, gumball. Move aside. That's good. Oh my god. That's a really nice finish too. Washed it off very quick the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. You, it doesn't taste like a beer so no, much more just like not a delicious beverage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> um, BA score, 84. Good. I don't believe it. Gotta be some messed up people on there. Average, 3.71. Overall, a 63 with a style of 46. Really? Yeah. I'm not wow. super great on here either. Hmm. Weighted average. Probably not beery enough for these beer snobs. Kind of it says right here it tastes like a, uh, a chocolate soda. Yep. It's like it's a YooHoo. 5% alcohol. I mean, it's up there. It's more than your light style. It's a malt beverage brewed with chocolate. Pairs with chocolate lovers, smooth movers, and go getters. <laughs> this person said he was disappointed by this. Said the chocolate tasted fake, more like a Tootsie Roll or Nesquik. I think that other beer tasted more like a Tootsie Roll. Mm-hmm. Whatever that one I said. If it's Dark Pendants or the other one. It's dark chocolate, it's not milk chocolate. I don't know why everyone's you know, twisted. Well, I like it a lot. <laughs> Was there a little dribble left in there? <laughs> I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> okay, Aerosmith. <laughs> I wonder if they've redone it. Since they redid their label, maybe they kind of redid the. Well, none of our, none of my friends, so you guys have rated. (laughs) I have one friend that rated it four point five. Sounds about right. Mm -hmm. This first guy didn't like it so much. No, not at all. Not for me. Yeah. Warm or cold. Not as bad as their blueberry. All right, I'll start it off because I think we're all pretty uh, sure that. Um, Gosh, I gotta change my score now. <laughs> <laughs> we, I just wanted to wait to see what Saf is, so we'll wait for him to come to the end. Uh, Dustin went with the four point five. Uh, it, it didn't last long. It's yeah. delicious, chocolatey, a little bit of coffee, uh, very creamy, smooth. Like I was drinking a chocolate soda or you know, like a chocolate milk. I would probably hit six of these without even realizing I drank six of them. Uh, yeah. 4.5. Uh, 4.5 as well. Uh, it, it was just fantastic, in my opinion. 
it was very easy to drink and I think you know it, you see this and you think maybe oh it's going to be really heavy and but it's not really it's very smooth the flavor is fantastic and uh, I really enjoyed it 4.5 for me I like the browns I enjoyed the chocolate in there and it just oh it's so smooth doesn't even taste like beer um it's good <laughs> it's great uh, it, it took a lot after I sampled one not to finish the rest of it mm-hmm. to save it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. I gave it a 4.25. I fucked no! it up. <laughs> That's why I said I should have changed my score, but I don't really have anything to complain about, so I'm not sure why I didn't. It could have been a perfect five. I just think because it's not beery enough. Yeah. It's it, like that one guy said chocolate soda is more what it tastes like than a beer. I think that's what threw me off just a little bit for my score. But it's very delicious. Go ahead and try one for yourself. Well, overwhelmingly the case that Decadent won this round. Decadent also posted the highest score out of all of them. Gumball versus Decadent is going to be an interesting matchup in the final. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it is. We have one more round. So this episode, Chalk has prevailed. The two seed beat the five seed, and the six seed beat the seven seed. So, uh, I am looking forward to uh, next week. Next week, we have the winner of the Ales, which is Spotted Cow, versus the winner of the Wheats, which is Gumball Head. And then we have the winner of the Darks, which is Harpoon, versus the winner of the Browns, which is Decadent. So, we'll have more X-Men talk and more drinking. I think that's going to go faster. Probably will go a little bit faster because we've already had it. There's no sense in us talking about them. So I'm 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 ready. I'm excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so all that's left is Keith. Lead us out. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and updates on DrinkInGeekOut.us. You can subscribe by clicking the links on our website or by searching DrinkInGeekOut on iTunes or Google Play Store. To suggest a beer for us to review, you can email us at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com or tweet us using the hashtag DrinkInGeekOut. And if you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Thanks for listening, and until next time, drink up and geek out.